You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Thanks for being here tonight. That was, a, that was an awesome time of worship, right? Can we give them a round of applause? There it is. And uh, Brandon was not lying whenever he said he's a three um, on the Enneagram. If there's a mic in the room, he's like attracted. It's like a heat-seeking missile. If he, like, he'll find it and he'll go and he'll make sure that he can speak. Um, See, I always give him a hard time for it. I I give him a hard time for a lot of things, as you guys have probably um, heard if you've ever listened to me preach the past couple times. I at least have one Brandon roast in every single one of my sermons. That's a promise. Um... But uh, if you were not here last week, we started a new series with this fancy graphic called Why God? Um, And so the basic um, idea behind it is that we all have questions that we want to ask God, right? That we want to ask our Father. Um, And so the idea behind this series is to take some of those questions that we we frequently ask or that we frequently think about um, and to try to dissect them um, tonight on Tuesday nights uh, here in the venue and also in our connect groups. Um, and so last week, um, if, if you were not here, Brandon talked about um, asking the question to God, like, why did you give me this desire if you were not going to fulfill it? Um, and I know that, that he did a really awesome job in that. Um, shout out, Brandon. Good job. Proud of you. Um, and so t- tonight, I think that that question really builds off of um, or builds on to, to what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, And so whenever we desire things in our life, right, that's what Brandon talked about last week, whenever we desire things in our life and we want things um, from God, whether it be like, oh, I desire to be married, shout out, getting married on Friday, my fiance's back there, she's real cute. Um, But yeah, so if if that's your desire to get married and to to go on and have a family and stuff, but it's just not happening for you, um, that's an example. Or if your desire is to have this really, really awesome career and make a lot of money, but you can't even pass college algebra, and so you're like, God, why do I have this desire? Um, Whatever, I saw a retweet over here, I think. Yeah, retweet. Um, And so we can often feel like whenever we have a desire and, and it's not being fulfilled, we can kind of feel like, man, God's holding out on me a little bit. Um, or like, I wonder why, why God is upset with me. God, why does it seem like you are always so mad at me? God, why does it seem like you are always so upset with me? Um, which kind of segues in exactly to our, to our question tonight. And our question tonight is, is that we're going to try to answer and talk about is, God, why does it seem like you're always upset with me? Um, and so if you have um, not thought that, I potentially might call you a liar, Um, because like I definitely have thought that in my head, whether I have verbalized that to somebody, um, that's a different story, but I've definitely thought in my head, God, why does it feel like you are always upset with me? Um, Every time I think of that, um, I think of of this, this I'm about to show you, so I'm going to pull up this video that I want us to watch real quick, and so anytime I think of... um, God being upset with me. I kind of picture this. There was volume to this, but I don't think it was a whole lot anyway. But yeah, so this cute dog right here, right? So it's, it says down there, I wonder who did this. And to give you some background on that video, that's from my buddy Marcus, um, who is over at Redeemer. And I saw it on his Instagram story last night. So I texted him. I was like, Marcus, 
you have to let me use this video tonight, dude, please. And so he sent it over to me. Um, but I feel like we all feel like this dog, right? Whenever we, whenever we are caught up in our mess, whenever we are caught up in our sin and we're over here and we're doing whatever and, and, and we're making a mess of our lives and we're sinning and we're tripping and we're stumbling and we're like, oh crap, God is here. I have to go hide. And we go over here and stand in the corner and he's over there and we're kind of like, don't look at me. I'm disgusting. I'm gross. Don't don't pay any mind, right? So I feel like all of the time, I feel like this dog does. Look at that face. Has anybody in, in here ever felt like that dog? Okay, I see at least 10 hands, so I know that there's 10 people telling the truth. Um, so, but I, I so often feel like, feel like I'm this dog in my life, right? I feel like we make this mess, like that dog tore up the little mattress pad and went and hid about it. But I feel like so often in our lives with sin, we, we make this disgusting mess that we feel like we have to clean up before God sees and, and he points his finger at us and he wags and he says, hey, you're a bad boy. No, we're good doggos, right? We're good pups, we're good boys and girls. <laughs> um, but I always feel like this dog. I, and, and I just, frankly, I don't, I don't feel like that's the right the right approach that we should have to, to how God views us when we are stumbling and, and messy in our own sin. <coughs> and so whenever I look at that picture of the dog, I, I feel like I see myself, right? But to, to take this question tonight, why are you always upset with me? Um, I feel like this is a little bit of an incorrect question to ask, I guess you could say, right? Because I feel like we all have this knowledge that God is not upset with us, even if we, even if we feel it, right? Um, and I have felt it lots of times before, so don't hear me say, hey, if you feel it, you're wrong, um, because it's a valid feeling to have that God is upset with you, but we know throughout scripture that, hey, God is not upset with us. He is not always upset with us. So tonight, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna look at this question, and rather than answering why God, are you always upset with me? We're gonna look at three different reasons. Um, tonight, I'm gonna call them lenses, but three different lenses that we look through, three different lenses that we view God through and view the people around us through um, that make us believe false things about God. And so basically tonight, with each of these ideas, um, I want you to think as if it was a pair of glasses that you're putting on, um, and, I, and I'm gonna kinda address the false, the false idea that we believe, right? The, the false lens that we look through. If you're Brandon, you don't wear real glasses, you wear fake ones. So it's gonna be a little bit hard for, uh, for him to understand tonight. <laughs> it's a blue light, so he can look at his laptop without going blind. Um, but so tonight, I want you to pretend as if you're putting on glasses, right, to view something through and then taking them off and switching them, right? So I'm gonna address a false lens and then I'm going to give us a scriptural correct lens that we can look through in order to view God in the correct way, right? Um, and so I'm gonna pray real quick for us. Also, I do wanna say, um, my Bible is right here tonight. I have all of the verses on my iPad, so don't just think I'm pulling all of this out of nowhere. Um, but I, yeah, it's right here, but all the verses are on my iPad, so don't think that I'm just not using the Bible tonight. They're right here. Um, sweet, but I'm gonna pray for us real quick, and then we're gonna jump in. Sound like a plan? I'm super pumped for tonight. Um, hey God, I just want to come before you right now, Lord, and, and just thank you for these beautiful smiling faces in here. Um, one person in particular, much more beautiful than the rest. Um, but we just, we love you a lot. Um, clearly we are here on a Tuesday night that is probably filled with tests and exams and study groups and lab reports for the rest of the week, Father, but we have decided to come and to commit time tonight um, to stand in your presence, to stand before you, to learn about you and to grow together as a community, Father. So I pray that you speak through me tonight, Father. Um, 
that you keep the stupid things I say to a minimum, um, Lord. And I just pray that you move tonight. That'd be awesome. Man, we love you so much, Father. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So like I said, we're going to look at three different lenses to view through, right? I don't know why I keep doing this with my hand, um, but it's okay. Um, and so the first lens that, that I, I'm going to um, have us look at, the first lie that I feel like we believe, is we often believe that God is upset with us because we compare our Heavenly Father. That's not right. Because we compare our Heavenly Father. I don't know where it went. Because we compare our Heavenly Father there it is, um, to our earthly father, right? And so I think that this is something that, that makes it really easy to believe that God is upset with us, right? And so like Miranda said, my parents are here tonight. I'm not about to hate on my dad when he's in the room. Um, but my dad, whenever he gets mad, he gets this vein in his head. Um, my sister's also here tonight, so you can ask her about it later. But he gets this vein in his head and it's really scary and it gets shiny because he's almost bald. Um, but he gets mad, right? So he... Um, he gets his vein in his head, and it's, it's scary because it's, it is showing of what's to come, right? We're about to get in trouble. We're about to get yelled at. Um, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a good thing. Um, and so my father is awesome. My father loves us so well. My father is, I'm not just saying this. I, I planned on saying this. I'm not just saying it because he came tonight. But my father loves me and my sister and my mom so well and Becca so well. He, he pours love into our lives. He represents Jesus in so many ways. But guess what? He's a human, he's flawed, right? He messes up, he gets cranky, he yells at people, he acts like a sinner because that is what he is. Um, and that's okay, he's a human, right? All of us, all of us act like that. Um, and so because of our natural tendency to compare things in life, whenever we hear growing up about our heavenly father, about our father that's, you know, that's in heaven, God, the father, all of this stuff, whenever we hear that, with our natural tendency to compare, we take the attributes of our earthly father and our earthly parents, and we put those on God. So if you grew up with a father who is constantly was berating you and was telling you that you need to go throw the trash and that you messed up and that you're grounded and all this, those are the attributes that you're going to give to God. No matter how good your earthly father is, he messed up. There's, there's nobody in here that has a perfect father. Um, and so no matter how good he is, he messed up. And because of our natural tendencies to compare and to, to do that, we naturally put those ideas and those um, attributes on our Heavenly Father. That's totally unfair, right? It's unfair to our Father here, and that's unfa it's unfair to God because that's putting way too much weight on our earthly Father, and that's comparing our Heavenly Father to a human who is flawed and who is sinful. Um, and so whenever I was young, just to... to give you a fun story, right? So whenever I was young and I would get in trouble, um, for most of us in here, if we grew up in Texas, whenever you're young and you get in trouble because you lie to your parents or you get a bad grade on your report card or you're mean to your sister or whatever, that usually means some spankings, right? For me, I never got spankings. Praise the Lord. Thanks, parents. Um, I never got spankings, but what they did is they gave me almost what seemed like a mind game, right? Like a mental punishment. I had to stand next to the wall with my nose on the wall and I couldn't let my nose come off the wall. If my nose came off the wall, the timer restarted for how long I had to stand there. Um, and so that's great. If you have kids in the future, that might be a fun idea um, to, to try, right? And so I remember thinking as like a five-year-old Zach, like five minutes on the wall was like five hours. I would get there, my knees would start shaking. Mom, Dad, let me get off the wall. Like I would like lay down and put my nose on the wall. And I remember all kinds of stupid things that I would do um, 
because I was being punished, right? Because I was like lied to my sister or because I did whatever, was mean to somebody, but that was a punishment that I received because I did something wrong. Um, Or I I remember thinking in my head as I was a kid is like, okay, so whenever I get in trouble, I get punished, right? So that's my earthly parents would grab me from video games for a week, make me stand against a wall with my nose, not let me play soccer, whatever they would do. Um, I was like, okay, so if God is my heavenly father, why is he any different than my earthly parents? Right? Why would he not punish me when I mess up? So whenever I would sin and people wouldn't, wouldn't figure out or I would do something bad or I would misbehave, I remember vividly praying to God, telling him to magically make my video game stop working for a week until I was not being punished anymore. Or I'd pray that I would lose my soccer game that Saturday because I felt like I needed to be punished for my sin because I felt like God was upset with me for messing up. That's because I naturally took the characteristics of my parents, which were not bad, but they were not God's characteristics and put them on God, right? Um, so if, if, I, if I took the characteristics of my parents and, and put them on God, that's, like I said, that's totally unfair to, to not only my parents, but to God as well. A biblical a, a example, um, so that, that was a false lens right there, right? So I, I, I took these ideas of my punishment, um, meaning that, that something bad would happen to me, um, and a biblical example of that, right, is in, is in Luke 15, 11 through 32. And you don't have to turn there. You can if you want to. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's quite a bit. But that's the story of the prodigal son. Have we all in here, we've heard the story of the prodigal son? Um, right? Some of us nod your heads. It's okay. You can react in church. Ren said you can respond in church, right? So the, pro- the story of the prodigal son, um, to, to summarize it really quickly, right, is... Um, that God, or sorry, not that God, that, that this family, a wealthy family, right? The son wanted his inheritance. He received his inheritance. He basically ran away. He squandered it all. He spent it on foolish things. Um, and then he came back and was like, man, I'm just going to try to come back to my father and hopefully he'll take me in as a slave because I've done wrong. I deserve to be punished. Um, and so I'm just going to go back to my father and I'm, I'm going to say, hey, will you take me as a slave because I don't deserve um, to be your son. I don't deserve um, anything from you. I deserve punishment is what I deserve. Um, And so he was looking through a false lens, right? And so he comes back and and the story goes on to tell us that far off, his father saw him and he kicked off his sandals and he ran to him and he embraced him and he threw a party and he threw a feast and invited him back into the family. And this story is is such a good representation of the father's love for us because it shows that God's not upset with us, right? Jesus tells this parable to, to give us an example of how the Father loves us. Um, because that, that, that's not obviously like from my stories I just showed you, that's not culturally what happens, right? We don't mess up and come back to our parents and they're just like, yeah, whatever, it's fine, we're gonna throw a party for you. No, but, but that is how God feels towards us, right? He, he sees us far off in, our, in the muck and the mire like that dog and he sees us and he said, I'm gonna run to him because he's coming back, right? Our God is, he's not upset with us. He's a loving father. um, And he doesn't want us to say, oh no, I messed up. My dad is gonna kill me. He wants us to say, oh no, I messed up. I need to call my dad. Because when when we take off those false lenses and put them down of, man, I messed up. God is upset with me. He's gonna be, He's going to be ticked off at me. I have to hide from him. Whenever he walks in that door, I have to turn my face because I can't even bear it. No, he wants us to take those glasses off and he wants to pick up new ones and put them on us and say, hey, you messed up. I know that you messed up. 
but because, because you're coming back to me, I'm going to throw off my sandals like the father and the prodigal son, and I'm going to sprint to you. I'm going to run towards you. I'm going to chase you down, and I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to love you. I forgive you. I'm going to throw a party for you. <laughs> Those are two pretty different outlooks on, on God's reaction towards us, right? So maybe some of you guys are sitting here, and you're like, man, my, my viewpoint of my earthly father has never changed um, the way I think about God. And so that can, that's an that's a easy way to look into our next point, which is going to be we often believe that God is upset with us because we compare him to the people who claim to follow him, meaning us, the people in the church, right? So the people in the church are supposed to be a direct representation of who Christ is. Um, the people in the church are supposed to be representatives of Jesus, representative of representatives of God on the daily basis, right? They're supposed to um, be loving, forgiving, kind. They're not supposed to shame. They're not supposed to condemn. They're supposed to, to love and to, to forgive and to open, open up their arms to people. But again, like I said about my dad, he's a flawed person. We're all flawed people, right? So we mess up, right? We, we are rude. People in the church are unloving. People in the church are judgmental. They are unforgiving. People in the church shame. People in the church are not acting like Christ, right? People in the church look at somebody differently because of the way they act or because of the way they look. And that can very, very easily make somebody believe that God is upset with them, right? Because if you walk into a church building and, and you share, if I went up to Levi and I was like, hey, Levi, man, this is what I'm struggling with. He was like, ew, you're gross, disgusting. Well, I can't even believe, get away from me. And I knew that Levi was a Christian that would be really easy for me to be like, man, Levi's a representative of Christ, and if that's how he's acting, that must be how God is. God must think I'm gross because of my sin. God must think I'm disgusting. God must um, think that I need to be shamed and that I need to be condemned. Levi doesn't do that, by the way. He's a solid guy. Um, if Levi does do that, tell me. <laughs> um, and and this, makes me, this makes me think about Whenever I first became a Christian, I grew up in church and I was in Sunday school and stuff like that, but I never fully understood what it meant to be a Christian until I was about 17 or 18 years old. And so that's when I truly started my relationship with Christ and truly started following him. Um, and I remember about a year after that, I was sitting at lunch with a friend. I went to West Texas A&M, go Buffs. Um, and I was sitting at lunch in the cafeteria with somebody and we were talking, we were in the same Bible study on the same campus ministry. Um, and I remember we were having like a study slash movie night thing with our Bible study. And I remember sitting there eating and he was like, man, Zach, can you believe it? I was like, what's up, man? And he was like, I cannot believe that they are showing that secular movie at our Bible study or at our, in our Bible studies event. And I was like, oh yeah, dude, I can't believe it either. I'd only been a Christian for like maybe a year or like a, a walking with Jesus Christian. So I just shook my head and said yes. And and, but inside, I felt, I felt bad because we were watching Harry Potter, and I love Harry Potter so much. I loved it, but I was just like, yeah, man, I can't believe that they're doing that because I knew this guy to be a, a Christian who had been following the Lord for a very long time and was very serious about his faith, and, and, I, and I saw him to be a, one of the quote-unquote like leaders in our group, and, and so I was like, man, if this dude says that, that watching that is bad and that, that he can't believe it and that he almost seems disgusted by us watching that in our Bible study group, there must be something wrong with that, right? There must be something wrong with me. I must be this sinner. That must be how God views me. Um, and I struggled with that for a while. I went and watched Harry Potter still that, that night, but that's a, that's a different story. But it took me sitting down and talking with one of my friends, and, and he was like, 
man, ultimately God does not care if you watch Harry Potter or not. Um, like, are there probably more wholesome things like VeggieTales to watch? Yeah, but, um, but Harry Potter's way cooler than VeggieTales. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Um, but it's true. You can talk to me afterwards, convince me otherwise. Um, but no, the issue was that I was associating the words and the characteristics and the actions of somebody who was following Jesus, right? A flawed human being. I was associating his characteristics and his actions with the characteristics of the Father. So I was kind of combining them. While we should be in a representation of Christ, we often mess up. And so how unfair to that, or how unfair to God um, is that that we, that we see, if I see Brandon doing something, I'd be like, oh, God does exactly that as well. Um, even though that's what it should be like, that's, that's unfortunately not what it's like because we're flawed, right? And so that was my issue. That, was, that were these false lenses that I was looking through that, that God judged me for this and that God condemned me and God was disgusted and grossed out by what I was doing because that's what this guy who I believed was, was a very solid Christian was saying. And so if we look at scripture, we can see that Clearly, God does not have those same characteristics, right? Because if we look at um, John 3, 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Right? So I'm going to read that again. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Man, that says it all right there. That's, so, that's an awesome verse just to, to look at and to see the characteristics of God is that he did not send Jesus to condemn us, right? He did not see G, send Jesus to point fingers at people and say, man, that lady right there, she's not a good one. I'm, I'm not gonna associate with her. I'm not gonna talk to her. People need to stay away from her. He, he, didn't, he didn't send Jesus to condemn people, but rather to save people, Right? That's, that's so different than, than what we see in a lot of churchgoers today. Um, he even had a lot of things, pretty harsh things to say about the people who did act like that, the people who did point fingers, the people who did condemn, the people who did judge, the people who did all of that. Jesus had some pretty harsh words against them. We called them the Pharisees, right? Um, and so in Matthew 23, 13 through 36, again, it's a pretty long passage, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but I'm going to take some highlights out of it real quick. And, and throughout those verses, um, you know, just a few verses, I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to try to tell you how many, um, but Jesus calls the people who, who point fingers and who judge and who condemn and who do stuff like that, he calls them hypocrites. That's pretty bad. He calls them children of hell. That's a little bit worse. He calls them blind guides. I wouldn't want to go on, on a guided rafting trip um, with somebody who couldn't see. Um, he calls them blind fools, same thing. He calls them serpents, shout out Deb. He calls them a brood of vipers, right? I said that because Deb always calls me a snake. Um, but he, he, he has some pretty harsh words for the people who act like that, right? So, so we can tell by reading those verses that, that God sees those, that Jesus, who is God, sees those people who are judgmental, who are condemning, who... Um, point fingers, who shame people, who say, hey, you're gross, you're disgusting, we don't want you here. Jesus calls them out, right? God sees their actions and their words and their characteristics, and he says, I'm not about that life. I'm not, I'm not messing with that. I'm going to distance myself from that because that's not who God is, right? That's not who his characteristics are. God's characteristics are loving. God's characteristics are forgiving. He, he wants to, to bring you back in, right? 
So we cannot, we can, we cannot put the characteristics of, of the people who claim to follow Jesus on Jesus, on God. We can't do that. Um, that, that so easily makes it seem like God is upset with us, right? So I encourage you to, to take off those, those lenses, right? To put them down and to say, I'm, I'm no longer going to believe that God um, wants me to, to feel shame. I'm no longer going to believe that God wants to condemn me. I'm no longer going to believe that God thinks I'm gross and disgusting, but rather I'm going to pick up the lenses and put them on that God is loving, that he is forgiving, um, and that He is inviting me back into his open arms. Um, this goes along well with the, with the next point that um, people in our society, right, we often have this idea that we have to work for things. Um, we're a very, like, works-based society, which, um, which kind of stems into the, to the next one that we often feel like God is upset with us because we believe in a works-based salvation. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but to me, this seems like it could single-handedly make almost anybody believe that God is upset with them. Right, if we have the idea that God is just always mad and upset with us because um, because we view Him like He is is somebody's boss, right? And we um, and we think like, hey, dang it, I have this deadline, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go turn this in, and if it's wrong, I'm gonna get shouted at, and I'm gonna get yelled at, and I might get my pay docked because I didn't work hard enough, because I didn't work well enough, because my writing wasn't clear enough, whatever it might be, we view God as if he is our boss, right? And we can't, we can't do that. Um, we have this idea in our head that, that God is some distant, far-off deity that's like floating in the clouds, like throwing lightning bolts of anger and, and lightning bolts that say, I'm upset with you and all kinds of stuff at us whenever we slip and we fall and we mess up, but that's just not the truth. Um, if we look at the Bible, it, it pretty, pretty clearly tells us, um, in, in Romans 9:16, it says, so then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. It's talking about salvation right there, that, that this idea that we have to work, that we have to be good enough for, for what God has for us, for the salvation, for him to forgive us, that we have to work for that stuff, that's a bold-faced lie from the enemy, right? So whenever we look at the scriptures and it tells us that it depends nothing on us, it depends nothing on how we act. It depends nothing on that. It depends on us having faith in the Father, right? It depends on us having faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul even goes a little bit further to say a, a couple of um, chapters later in Romans eleven six. he says, but if it is grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace, right? And so that's powerful. I don't know about you guys, but that takes so much weight off my shoulders. That makes me realize, hey, God is not upset with us because he does not expect anything from us. Because we are not expected to perform well enough. We are not expected to be good enough. We are not expected to do any of that. We are expected to have trust and to have faith in the Father that he is loving, that he is kind, that he's forgiving, and that he wants to invite us back into his loving arms. And that's, that's so relieving. It'd be like a professor at, at Tech or LCU or wherever you are, um, you turning in an exam four days late and it's not even right. Like you were supposed to write an essay over this chapter one, but you wrote an uh, essay over chapter 17 and you turned it in four days late and your professor emailed you and said, hey, you know what, Zach? Like, you seem to be a little bit confused on this. I'm actually gonna come to the sub and we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about this and I'm gonna let you turn it in um, without any points stopped. I'm gonna help you on it. I'm gonna walk through it with you. Um, that's the idea that scripture's giving us, right? That'd be really cool if professors did that, by the way. If you want that, go to a small D D2 school where there's like 8,000 students. Um, 
not at tech. Um, but that's, that's a picture of the gospel, right? That's a picture that these verses are painting out for us is that, that God is loving, that he wants to come and that he wants to sit down with us and say, hey, Zach, you messed up over there, right? I, I see that. Um, I'm not going to ignore it, right? You messed up. That wasn't good. But we're going to walk through it. Um, we're going to talk about it. We're going to we're gonna talk about forgiveness. I'm going to invite you into my arms. We're going we're gonna to hash this thing out, right? Um, so he is not upset with us like a boss would be. He is, he is so loving and he is so gracious. Um, it's, it's so cool. He is way less worried. The father is way less worried with our actions and what we do for us or what we do for him way less worried about that, and he is way more worried about what Jesus did on the cross for us, right? Whenever, whenever God looks at us, whenever he, he looks at each one of us, he doesn't see, oh, well, there's Zach who sinned 14,000 times in the past week. That little boy, he's a goof. No, he looks at me and he says, man, I see my son hanging on a cross for everything that he has done. I see my son bearing all of the weight of his sin and, and I see a child of God, right? I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm so encouraged by that. And so I encourage you guys right now that we've seen these false lenses that we tend to put on and that we tend to wear, now that we, now that we see what those are, I encourage you guys to take those off and not just to set them on the table, but to take those off, put them on the floor and give them a good stomp, right? Because that's not the right prescription, that's, that's not the right prescription. You're going to put those on. You're going you're to be blinded. You're going to not see the right thing. Things are going to be blurry. You're going you're to look at things, and they're going to be distorted, and it's not going to be good. Take those lenses off. Throw them on the ground. Stomp them out. Curb stomp them. Get your foot way up there. Body slam them. Drive over them with your car. Do whatever you have to do to make those lenses completely and utterly unwearable for the rest of your life. Take and put on what I like to call gospel glasses, right? You're gonna take those bad boys on. I don't have that trademarked, I should. Probably haven't, didn't come up with that. But take your gospel glasses, put them on, and realize the truths of what the Father thinks about you. He is not upset with you. He loves you. He's so forgiving. He does not wanna shame you. He, he does not want you to feel like you need to go and cower in the corner whenever you are in your sin and whenever you are messed up and whenever you do not understand what to do anymore. He does not want you to, to turn away from him and look over your shoulder. He wants you to realize that his arms are wide open, that you can come and that you can rest in who he is, that you can come and that you can know that you are forgiven no matter how far off you ran, like the prodigal son, right? No matter what kind of muck you got into, no matter what you did with your life, no matter who you hurt, no matter any of that you did, the father wants to know, hey, I'm not upset with you. That's not who I am. I'm forgiving, I am loving. I want you to come back. Um, the Bible is so cool because it's chocked full of so many verses, way too many verses for me to share with you guys tonight that are about God and his characteristics. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a few with you guys really quick. In Psalm 116.5, it talks about his gracious and how he is full of compassion. In Psalm 145.8, again, it talks about how he is full of compassion. He is slow to anger. He's abounding in mercy and loving kindness. 
Micah 7.18, he delights in showing us mercy. Not only does he show us mercy, right, but he actually enjoys it. He enjoys seeing us in our muck and in the mire, and he enjoys helping us out of that and hugging us and rejoicing with us and bringing us back in. He loves doing it because he loves us. Right, Matthew 6, 26 talks about how he takes care of the birds, right? He feeds them. But aren't we more important than the birds? Don't we, don't we, aren't we loved by the Father more than the birds? All right, he, he loves us. 1 John 4, 7, 8 says that God is love. That's the end of the story. He is literally love. He is not condemnation. He is not shame. He is not hate. He is not bigotry. He is love, right? Romans 5.8 says that even while we were sinners, while we were in that muck in the mire, Christ was sent to save us, to die on the cross for our sins. Even whenever we were messed up and even whenever we were so deep in our sin that we couldn't even see the, the light of day, Christ came and died for us. 2 Peter 3.9 talks about how patient the Father is with us, right? Thank the Lord he is patient with us. That is so encouraging, right? He sees us and he says, man, Zach's over there in his sin again. I'm patient. I'm going to wait on him. I love that kid. I love that guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait with my arms open and he turns. I'm going to throw off my sandals. I'm going to sprint full speed at him. I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to spin him. I'm going to rejoice and invite him back into my loving, forgiving, and kind arms. If you still don't believe me, later tonight, why don't you read Isaiah 53, right? That's so good. Just read Isaiah 53 um, if, you, if you still don't believe me. This could go on and on. What's so cool about these verses is none of them show even the slightest bit that God is upset with us. So that question, God, why are you upset with me? We have to take those lenses off, right? We have to put them on. God is not upset with us. Not that he um, does not love morals, right? Not that he is okay with us sinning and okay with us living in sin. Not that he's okay with any of that but that he is fully loving and fully gracious and fully forgiving. And he's ready for you to, to run back into his open arms. The only God that you have ever known is one that you feel like is upset with you and is mad at you anytime that you sin. Take off those glasses. Like I said, run them over with a car. Aaron has a real big truck. Ask him to run them over for you after tonight because that's a wrong prescription. Go get a new one. Read the gospel. See, see for yourself, right? Get, get the new glasses. If you've never experienced this God at all that is loving and forgiving and kind, man, tonight's the night, right? Like Brandon said earlier, this could be your resurrection night. This could be the day where you fully open your eyes and put on the right prescription to see the truth of the gospel and the truth of who God is in your life. Tonight could be that night. How encouraging is that? It doesn't have to be hard. It's not this crazy long process. You don't have to fill out an application and be like, well, did that sin check? Did that sin check? Did that sin? That's not what it is. It's not, it's not this application process. All you have to say is, God, I messed up. I'm ready for you. I, I see that your arms are open. I see that you're not upset with me. I see that you're loving and that you're forgiving and that you're kind. I'm ready. And when you say that, homeboy's slipping off his sandals and he is sprinting at you and you're going to feel it. You're going to enjoy the embrace. So if you guys want to learn more about what that could look like tonight, ask the person next to you. If you're not comfortable with that, I'll be in the back. You can, you can find one, me. You can find Brandon. You can find Becca. You can find anybody here at The Journey. 
and we would love to talk to you about it. So I encourage you, whenever we have this time of response, figure out what kind of glasses you're wearing. Figure out what lenses you have on. If they're the wrong ones, take them off. If they're the right ones, good for you. Keep going. I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to come up here and lead us in an awesome time of response and worship. Father, we thank you for tonight. Goodness gracious, I just thank you for how awesome you are. I thank you that you are not upset with us, God. I thank you that, that you are so loving and that you are so kind and that you are so ready to forgive us. Lord, that you are so ready to, to embrace us and to invite us back into your arms, God. Man, I love you so much. It's just, it's so crazy to me, God, that, that we can be so messed up, that we can be just like the dog in that video and that we, can, that we can tear everything up in our lives and that we can be living in our mess and sitting there, Father, but, but you're just ready for us to, to turn and to face you, Lord, and you're ready to run back at us. I thank you so much for that. Lord, I pray that you speak to us tonight as we're in a time of response. Father, I love you so much. Thank you. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.